0: Welcome to the Neshama Project Podcast. This is Rabbi Ben Newman. Today, in preparation for the upcoming holiday of Passover, Pesach, I'm going to be doing a reading from Rabbi Menachem Nachem of Chernobyl, who was a early Hasidic master. This reading is based on a section of the Passover Haggadah, the book we read on Passover during the Seder. I'm going to follow this reading with a short interpretation of the passage and of the story of Passover from the great Rabbi Dr. Arthur Green, a founder of neo hasidism Let's begin. He begins. In every generation, you should see yourself as though you personally had come out of Egypt. Not only our ancestors were redeemed from Egypt, but we with them. And that's a quote from the Passover Haggadah. Every year, there is an exodus from Egypt. Every person has to go through certain trials. When Israel were in Egypt, awareness itself was in exile. The shell which preceded the fruit, served to cover it. This is the hard shell of the nut spoken of by scripture in, quote, I went down into the garden of nuts. Song of Songs 611, referring to the exile in Egypt. The nut has a hard outer shell and several finer membranes inside it, hiding the meat within. The hard outer shell was broken in Egypt so that we can see the food inside. The thin membranes are still there until our messianic age comes speedily in our day. But the essential fact of hiding has been revealed. The word Mitzrayim, Egypt, is made of Mitsar, Yam, the narrow strait of the sea. Sea refers to the sea of wisdom, whence our awareness comes. Even today, a person who has no awareness still dwells in the Straits, not yet having entered into the Sea of Wisdom. That is why the Haggadah says, not only our ancestors were redeemed from Egypt, but we with them. Every year we go forth from Egypt. But the quote-unquote wicked, those who have no awareness, have not yet left Egypt. That is why the wicked son in the Passover Haggadah says, What is this service to you? To you, but not to him. Because he has no awareness, he objects to the service of yud And you are to say to him, For had he been there, he would not have been redeemed. Even today, he lives in an Egypt of the mind. So we see here, This idea that the redemption from Egypt that occurs during Passover is a psycho-spiritual redemption that each one of us goes through, encountering our own awareness and leaving behind our own narrow places. And we must each ask ourselves The question, have we come out of our narrow places? What narrow places do we still need to emerge from? Has our awareness increased? How can we leave behind all of those things that have enslaved us in this past year? Those are the questions that I ask myself in preparation for the holiday of Pesach, the holiday of redemption from those inner Egypts, from those narrow places, those places that hem me in and enslave me. Rabbi Dr. Arthur Green, one of the great thinkers of Judaism and what, what we might call neo hasidism today, writes the following. If Mitzrayim, literally the Straits or Egypt, refers to anything that enslaves you or constricts your spirit, as the Hasidic masters tell us over and over again, are we too in that group of, quote, Jews who refuse to leave, unquote? What is it that enslaves us and why do we fear to break the chains? Are we ready to leave our particular forms of Egypt or are we among those who will choose to stay behind? These are the tough questions that a true celebration of Passover forces us to confront. It's not just matzah balls, and I'm still quoting from Rabbi Dr. Arthur Green. Our personal and individual Egypts are too numerous and varied to be listed, but they too are at the very heart of our neo-Hasidic Pesach. They may consist of patterns of behavior, addictions, unhealthy relationships, and lots more. The call to liberation forces us to look them in the eye. The Hasidic sources also speak of enslavement to the patterns of hergel, habitual behaviors, or just resignation to the seeming ordinariness of life. This can include unthinking or unfeeling religion, a matter with which the Hasidic masters were very much concerned. The sense of miracle is an essential part of liberation from Egypt. It was God's Quote, outstretched arm, unquote, by which we went forth, the revealed and obvious presence of something beyond the ordinary, a reality that defies description in language, but fills us with awe. That means an awareness of divine presence that l- uplifts us from our daily lives and calls us to wonder and gives us a new sense of being truly alive. Here we are, it's Pesach. And we are celebrating our liberation. The narrative of the Haggadah begins that way: We were slaves to Pharaoh in Egypt, then Yudhe Vavhe, our God, brought us forth. All well and good, except that before we begin to tell the tale, there is a formula by which we invite the hungry to join us at our at our table. There we said, "This year we are slaves. Next year may we be free." So, which is it? Are we celebrating our freedom or acknowledging our bondage? The answer, of course, is yes. Both are true at one and the same time. It may even be that they are deeply connected to one another. In the Hasidic reading, the most essential form of exile and bondage is that of the mind. Da'at, best translated as spiritual awareness, is what is in exile, both in the Egypt narrative and in our own lives. That awareness is the natural state of humanity children have it in greater measure than most adults. It gets covered over in the course of our lives by a series of klipot, shells that we build around ourselves, or meitzarim, narrow straits that limit our view of who we are and where we live. Meitzarim, by the way, is Mitzrayim, Egypt. The first step in liberation from such blinders is the recognition that they exist, quote, This year, we are slaves, is that admission. At the same time, however, we also celebrate our liberation. The liberation itself calls upon us to make that freedom ever more real for ourselves and for those around us. The way we choose to engage in that celebration is intriguing. We celebrate our liberation by telling its tale. The key mitzvah here is that of narration, called Haggadah, only later does that become the name of the book through which we do it. Quote, you shall tell it to your child, unquote. Exodus 13.8 is the operative verse here. Compare it for a moment to other festivals. Most of them have a central symbolic form that defines them. On Chanukah, we light the candles. On Rosh Hashanah, we blow the shofar. On Sukkot, we dwell on the Sukkah. Of course, we also explain the meaning of the day and tell its story, But only on Pesach is that act of narration, alongside the eating of matzah and the bitter herb, an essential fulfillment of the holiday obligation. Why? I would suggest that it is because we are supposed to talk our way into freedom. If liberation is to begin with the freeing of our minds, removing the blinders that limit our awareness, we need to engage in convincing ourselves that we can indeed be free. Yes, we used to be slaves, unaware of our own souls, of our own potential for knowing yud Vavhe and living in the light of the Divine Presence. We tell the story in order to make it real. Now that we have reached this freedom and the nar- narrative assures us that this is the case, our task is one of carrying its torch forward, passing its vision on to our children and extending its reach to others. The word Haggadah, understood as narration, but originally meaning flowing forth, has a parallel in the Hebrew word Sipur, story. This mitzvah we fulfill at the Seder is often called Sipur yetziat Mitzvayim, the story of the Exodus from Egypt. We are commanded to be storytellers. But that root, *samach Pei, in Hebrew, has three meanings linked to one another as early as the ancient Seferitz Yetzirah, to which we have referred several times before, and uh, Dr. Green's talking about in his book that I'm quoting from here. Samech peireish can mean to tell a story, as in Sippor, but also to count, as in mispar, number. You might think of counting and recounting in English. The third meaning, to shine, is originally from a different source, the Torah, Exodus 24:10 refers to a precious stone called Sapir, sapphire in English. The Jewish esoteric tradition sees them all as one. To tell the tale is to polish up the events as they happened, to make them shine, to turn them into a beacon. I'm skipping ahead now. We then have two messages that seem to emerge from the celebration of our freedom. One tells those who struggle to seek freedom, which means most of us of course, your liberation is just the first step along the path. Now you must take responsibility, discipline yourself, and create a new life. That is the message of counting the days after Passover. Coming out of Egypt was only preparation for the covenant of Sinai. The real goal is that of, obse- is that of accepting tola, commitment and dedication to our holy task. But there may be an older and simpler truth hidden behind this one. Rejoice, celebrate your freedom. Find the divine in this very moment. Your liberation means that you are loved. The answer, of course, is that both of these are true. Each has its place in our ongoing lives as individuals and as communities. The struggle to be free and our gratitude for whatever measure of freedom we have attained are not to be taken lightly. They deserve our full celebration, but the call to move beyond to ask the quintessentially Jewish question, what does this freedom demand of me, is never far behind. Thanks for listening. Take care.